focus today is on business people. Business people. How many of you appreciate business people? How many of you are one of them? Come on now. We're, we're out here in this marketplace and we must understand that we need the, the favor of God, the anointing of God, and the grace of God in that. Our focus on behalf of the world is Europe and Central Asia, and it's given us specific countries and areas there uh, to pray for today. So, so if you have not had your devotional today, go ahead and pick that up. Make sure you stay in touch with us. I think it's so neat in how God had prepared, was given me. I, I'd not read ahead in the book uh, to know what today was on, but uh, the latter part of last week, the Lord gave me the message to start working on for uh, tonight. So I've been working on it and praying and, and, and fasting and just seeking the Lord about what I'd be sharing on this Wednesday night as uh, I'm, just, I'm, usher, I'm just calling in and ushering in a revival. I'm just calling forth for a revival. I'm saying, God, we're not going to depend on man. We're going to depend on you. We're not going to wait for man to give us a revival. We need a revival from heaven. We need your Holy Spirit to bring conviction on the hearts of men that we would see our sin, that we would see the distance that's between us, and that it would bring such a grieving of our spirit and soul that we would be willing to crawl if we need to, to get back to the place where we're fervently on fire and serving God, and full of His Spirit and full of the anointing of God. That, that, that's not something that we can generate on our own. A desire to, to serve God and please God and bless God with fervency is not something we can necessarily pick up on our own. But I know when the power of the Holy Ghost comes. I know where the Holy Spirit is welcome. The Holy Spirit brings a fire from heaven and an anointing from heaven and a power from heaven that we need. We need in this day and in this hour. So I've been working on this, and the message is I entitled it Marketplace Anointing. Marketplace Anointing. And then, can you imagine, to my surprise this morning, when I opened up to uh, day 29, this Wednesday, March the 14th, and here it was, praying on behalf of business people. Praise the Lord. Man, there was a smile on my face that you couldn't wipe off with a sad, cloudy day because I just said, thank you, Lord. I'm just right in sync with you. And that gives me such confidence. So if I seem to be a little uh, cocky or bold tonight, I've just got a little extra confidence. You can say it that way. Praise the Lord. To Him be the glory, I pray. But we're looking at marketplace <clears throat> anointing which is I'm going to show you scripturally is something very, very important to God and very necessary, needed in the earth today. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 16, and let's begin there. Here in the Word of God we read, Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshai, as king. Say king. King, king over Israel. And you shall now, he says, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet, say prophet, in your place. So here's instructions from God in order to have everything in the right order here on this earth that he created. He is now looking forward and says, we got to make sure that you go and you anoint Jehu, you anoint a king, and you anoint a prophet. We've got to understand something today. In this scripture, the Lord spoke to me, and He says, is there any difference in the Hebrew word anoint that comes on Jehu the, the king, or is there another word for anoint for the prophet that shall be anointed in, your, in, in Elijah's place? And I, and I studied it, and they are exactly the same word. Which gives me the understanding, which I share with you tonight, that the anointing is the anointing. I know that sounds simple, but we must get this because the enemy will trick, trick, trick us and trip us up if we don't get this down in our spirit, man. That the anointing is the anointing. There's an anointing of God, there's only one, and that anointing came on the king, and that anointing came on the prophet. So the anointing is the anointing, whether on the kingly realm or on the prophetic realm. We know one of them is government, one of those is secular, it's the workplace, it's the job, 
It's uh, not, not seemingly a ministry position based on the fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4, yet he needed to be anointed. The king realm, the kingly realm, needs the anointing of God. While on the other hand, also, the prophetic realm needs the anointing of God. Elisha's a prophet, he's the mouthpiece of God, he's representing the ministry. So we've got the king representing the secular business economy side of rule and reign of life. And we've got Elisha representing the prophetic mouthpiece, the word of God, the ministry, and the spirit realm. So again, I'm making this point, the anointing is the anointing. I know it sounds so simple, but let's just say it out loud. The anointing is the anointing. We're not going to let the devil trick us up and rob us of not one blessing of the Lord because we don't get this. There is no greater anointing on a preacher than there is the same anointing on a carpenter. Sometimes the devil tricks us up because we think one is more elevated than the other, one has a, a greater source of power than the other, but we see right here the same anointing was on the kingly realm is the same anointing on the prophetic realm. So we don't want to elevate pastors and elevate evangelists and elevate preachers in a sense where we say that they have a special anointing unlike anyone else in the world. That's not true. That is a lie of the enemy. Now the anointing comes on and enhances the gifts that you've been given and called into, so the gifting and the function is going to be much different, but it's the same anointing. The same anointing that is on the preacher is on the realtor, is on the banker, is on the merchant owner, right? Amen. Come on now, y'all got to get a little bolder than that because the devil has gotten us in the place that we are worldwide because this one thing I'm talking about tonight has been mis misunderstood and looked over. And we gave him one realm while we locked ourselves away in our, in our congregations and we dealt with the other realm. But the two seem to be separated, but God has the same anointing for each. And it's time we release the anointing of heaven on the marketplace and you and I can be a part of that. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, Jesus says that He has made us kings and priests. He is not preferring one over the other. It's not that you leave the secular world, you leave the business world, and let's all go into a monastery and isolate ourselves from the world until Jesus comes. No, Jesus says, I've made you kings and priests unto God and the Father, and to Him be glory. He gets glory. He gets dominion. There's, there's the operation of dominion, God's dominion on earth. We've given up a large part of God's dominion in the marketplace because we've only celebrated the anointing in the ministry. But I'm here to tell you we're going we're gonna to turn the tide and we're going to let the flow of heaven's anointing cover the marketplace in every realm that we have influence over beginning tonight and going forward like never before. I pray that you never forget this message as long as you live. Because yes, some of us are called to be priests, called into full-time equipping ministry, I agree. But some of us have been called to be kings in the kingly realm, and we've been called to go out and to conquer and to bring in the spoil and to provide for the vision that the prophet gave. And both are anointed. Amen. Amen. So we need to take this anointing serious because the Bible says it is the anointing that lifts the burden. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. So the enemy will keep the world with our lives involved in the, in the uh, commerce side of life, in the kingly realm of life, in the business realm of life, in the marketplace. It will, we will live with a burden and there will be strongholds. There will be uh, the uh, yokes that the enemy keeps in that realm and you will not see the glory or the dominion of God. But the anointing lifts those burdens and destroys those yokes, so we've got to take the anointing seriously. 
Just like I prayed and fasted and I sought the wisdom of God as even last week I began to study and read my Bible in preparation for this Wednesday evening service, I take what God's called me to do very seriously. And I prayed and I asked God for direction and I asked God for wisdom and I asked God for fresh anointing and, and I've asked Him to, to show up tonight because the, to, this is His Word, this is his time, this is what he, he wants done, and I want Him backing it. So I pray to God for His direction. I've spent hours upon hours praying and reading and studying and meditating and, 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 and yielding and speaking uh, uh, to God and flowing in His anointing. Uh, I never, ever... I can't remember one time in my whole life since I've been called into the ministry where I said, ah, I'm not going to prepare, I'm not going to read, I know the Bible, I've been to Bible college, you know, I'm smart, I got a degree that's fading on the wall, yeah, big deal. But I've never said, I got all this, I'll just get up there and wing it. I'm not going to prepare. I don't think in 30-some in years of ministry I've ever had the nerve to do that. Never had the nerve to do that because I take what God's called me to do very, very seriously. And in the same way, as I don't get up here unprepared, if anything, I'm overprepared. And for you who see that we go over the time a lot, you say, yes, he is. And uh, I come up here overprepared rather than underprepared, never nonchalant, acting like it really doesn't matter because it does matter. And the same is true when you understand that the same anointing that is on the priestly realm is the same anointing on the kingly realm that we cannot go to work nonchalant. We can't go to work and just say we're just going to punch it, in, punch in our time clock and punch out of our time clock. We don't really care as long as we can keep our job and get our check. No, we got to realize we are on God's assignment and that we are carriers of the anointing into the marketplace and that, that the God may receive glory and that there might be His dominion exercised so that the demon powers of hell that is bringing burden and causing yoke will be destroyed and lifted so that the people in the marketplace might see the light of heaven shining in and through you, giving them hope, giving them direction, and giving them the ability to have someone that they can come to because they see Christ in you. They see the anointed one in you. It's the same anointing. It's the same anointing. So you should never approach your job without praying and seeking God's wisdom. I pray tonight changes everything if it has not been like this for you. That you would never go to your job without being properly prepared that you would never go to your job without training and, and study and what I call sharpening our knife. I know I worked some in the kitchen and years ago did so much that I think it's caused me to do less today than ever. But nonetheless, uh, uh, I like working with a sharp, sharp knife. A dull knife will cut you. If you've worked in the kitchen, you understand a dull knife will cut you. A sharp knife, it will do what you put it to do, and you respect it in such a way. But when you're wrestling with a dull knife, and it's rolling all over the vegetable, and it's rolling, and it's trying to, you're trying to, by force, press it through, that thing will cut you. So I like sharpening my knife. And with business and ministry, what God's called us to do, I think we always need to be sharpening our knife. We don't need to ever just say, I'm just going to be dull and just get by with it that we should always be razor sharp so God can use us in any circumstance at any time to advance His kingdom. So ask yourself this question, am I properly preparing daily for my career and giving God first place in my calling? Am I doing that? And if the answer is sometimes, or if the answer is maybe not, or if the answer is no, let you have the conviction of the Spirit of God come upon your heart tonight to cause you to say from this night forward, I will go forward and I 
will be doing this. That I will be asking God, I will be praying, I will be preparing, I will be asking God for wisdom as I go into my job. Did you know this anointing is for the homemaker? This anointing is for the mechanic. This anointing, it's the same anointing. It is the same anointing that is for the carpenter, the same anointing that is for the banker, the lawyer, the surgeon, the same anointing. Oh, that we got to see that. We must understand that. And we must understand we need to be walking and operating in that same anointing. And the reason why is because your, your career, where you are spending the majority of your time, is your place of influence. It is your pulpit. It is your platform. It is where God has placed you so that He can minister through you to the people around you. And you need the anointing to do that effectively. Say amen. Come on now, you need that. So just like I come and I take seriously, so what God has called me to do, never casually. So in the same mindset, you need to take seriously what God has called you to do and never just casually just, just say, I'm making a living. No, you're making a difference. Don't go out and say, I'm just making a living. No, I'm out here to make a difference. I'm out here to usher in the glory of God. I'm out here to expand the dominion of God. I'm out here to be used by God. Let His anointing flow in me and through me that I might truly make the difference He's put me here to make in the marketplace. Hallelujah. Did you ever notice where Jesus carried His cross? Where, what's it called? The Via Della Rosa? Guess what? This is it. It was right in the marketplace. He carried the cross through the marketplace. Not to the synagogue, not to the temple, not through the back roads, but he did it right down marketplace, right through the marketplace. And I think that's significant, that he chose to carry that cross, bloody, wretched, everything that he was going through after being whipped and the crown of thorns and all this, right down Wall Street and Commerce Street. It was called the Via Della Rosa, right there. Busiest part of town, okay? So the cross, when I see that, I see the cross doesn't only belong in the church. See, there is an anointing for the priestly, Right? So we can say, yes, the cross, the, the atonement, and everything that Jesus has purchased is for us, the saints of God that have gathered together as children of God, born again by and through Jesus Christ, His wonderful, precious work on the cross, His death and His resurrection. But let me tell you what, we cannot limit the work of the cross just in the churches. I would say the churches, they have the cross, they understand it. But Jesus carried the cross right down Main Street as well. We need the cross in the marketplace where we live it before men, where we shine before men. The public walk of the cross was right down Business Avenue. So I'm knowing tonight with great confidence that God says, I have anointing. The same anointing that is on the priest is the same anointing that is on the king. The same anointing that is on the ministry is the same anointing that is on the secular. The same anointing I have because God came for people. He came for people. Amen. So we don't want to limit the anointing just to the church environment. Amen. God said, go anoint a king and anoint a prophet. They're both, both very important. God wants both. Both spheres covered. Are we allowing the kingly sphere? Are we allowing the marketplace to suffer because we don't have this understanding? I think maybe we are. Because I know for the most of my life, as I was growing up, I never had this concept. You go to church and you do church stuff. And then once church stuff's over, you take the church clothes off. You won't see those again until next Sunday. Then you go and you do what the, the world stuff. And the world stuff's separate from the church stuff. You don't take that into the church. And the church stuff's separate from the world stuff. You don't take the church to the world. Nobody wants to hear it. And oh, have we bought a lie. And the enemy found a wide open gate that he has moved into. And he thinks he owns it. And it looks like it has gone beyond repair too far to turn back now. And in our strength, 
And in our wisdom, it has. But let me tell you what, we're not depending on our strength and our wisdom. We're depending on the anointing. The same anointing for the prophet is the same anointing for the king. Hallelujah. Now know this about God and how He works with anointing. And I said it earlier, but I want to say it again. The anointing comes on you to enhance what you've already been gifted to do. Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, God had a plan for you. You're not an accident. Someone may have told you you were, but they, they've lied. You're not an accident. You are a, you came off a potter's wheel, and there was a potter, and he formed and fashioned you with a purpose. Our God, our Creator. So every one of us is born, born with, with purpose and destiny for each and every one of us. Now, what he allows when we will recognize him as our creator, as the potter, and we're the clay, and we say, God, I'm here to fulfill the purpose and destiny that you've called me to, and I know I can't do it in my own wisdom, in my own strength. Lord, I surrender my all to you. I, I, I fervently run after you, your strength, your power, your wisdom, your anointing. Will you anoint me? And God will anoint you. He will see to it that the anointing will come on. And when the anointing comes on, it, His anointing will enhance what you were gifted to do. And that divinely, uh, enha divine enhancement that God brings on you is a great thing. Some of you are gifted to sell things. You ever met somebody and said, man, they could sell ice to Eskimos. Okay, you ever heard that before? They, they, they could sell it because, man, this, they, they, just, they just know how to sell. Well... The anointing can come on you as a salesperson and with the anointing and wisdom of God, you, you get now supernatural results. Anybody want to start living with supernatural results? Yeah. Amen. Well, God has the plan where we don't go and try in our own strength to sell. We, we talk to God. We, we get wisdom from God. We ask for His anointing. Some of you are anointed to build a business. I've met people that are anointed to draw. I mean, they just gifted to draw. And when they receive the anointing, it enhances their, their drawing ability. Have you ever seen someone take a piece of paper and you take a piece of paper and yours ends up looking like you use a spirograph and theirs uh, looks like a, a, a masterpiece? And you're like, how, how did you do that? How did you do that? My mom can do that. I'm like, how did that come out of your head? on your? How did you do that? She was like, I see it. Well, I don't see it. She said, you just draw what you see. And I do stick men, because I, you know, I must see stick men. But if there's people gifted to draw. There's people gifted to work on mechanical things. They can look at that engine and, and that block of metal, and they, they're like, well, you know, the timing's off. And I can tell that. Because, and then you're like, what is the timing? Yeah, and, you're, and then I say, oh, my goodness, there, there's a bent piston in this thing. Like, what is a piston? And how would you know that? Well, because they, they, they're just gifted to work on mechanical things. And when the anointing comes on that, now you've got the divine uh, empowerment and blessing and favor coming on that. There's people that can build with their hands. They can take wood that's laying out there in a pile, and you can go by that morning and like, wow, there's a, there's a pile of wood delivered from Home Depot or wherever. And you're coming home that, that, day, that evening, and there's a shed built up. And you're like, wow, you couldn't ever imagine how to do that. And they just got out there and... You know, and they're putting the right angles on the roof and so that everything's hanging over and it can be boxed in and all. And you're like, how do they know that? They can see it. They're gifted to build things. There's people that understand how to work on computers. You know, it just, it just how in the world, still, I, I try to think about it and I try, you know, it hurts my head. That how, this, how these computers that get smaller and smaller work and they seem so and so smart. And then when something goes wrong, we all feel so dumb. But there are people who can look at it and say, I know what it is. And they can go in and do whatever they do. And next thing you know, it's up and working again. And you're like, wow, we, we got to keep you around, especially this day and age, for sure. There's people that are gifted at teaching. They can take, they can take concept and teach it in such a way that students just grab it, they understand it, and they know how to apply it. And you get the anointing on the gift of teaching. Now you have something supernatural that's going to change a person's life forever. 
There's people that are gifted in serving. They make it look so easy. It's like, wow, you, they, we need 100,000 of you around. You're amazing. And they just serve, and it's just so flawless. And see, But let me tell you, that's a gift. But you get the anointing on that gift, it's going to change people's lives for eternity. That's what the anointing does. There are some people, they notice numbers. I mean, they just see patterns and they see systems and numbers and they just get it. And there's others that with a calculator, they can't get the right answer. You know, some of you know what I'm talking about. So we understand that we're all gifted in different areas. And as God has given us our gifts, you know, that we need to, we need to submit those to the anointing and say, just like a king needed to be anointed to go forward and a prophet needed to be anointed to go forward, I need this kingly realm, that this workplace, this marketplace that, that I'm in. I need God for you to anoint the gifts of my life that they might be used to advance your kingdom. I don't know about you, but one of the saddest things to watch is someone trying to do what they're not gifted to do. You ever, you ever seen that before? You know, and you just, you know, they keep waiting on the anointing, but it never comes because the anointing doesn't come on just anything. It comes on the gift. So if you're operating outside the gift, you're not going to happen. Okay. So anybody want me to give you an example? Here's one, here's one that probably all of you have experienced where you've had to sit through listening to someone sing who was not gifted to sing. Okay. It's like fingernails. <laughs> coming down the chalkboard, you know, it's like, oh, oh, your grandmama might like this, but this don't do much for me, okay? That's compared to someone who sings like an angel, it's like night and day. So we are gifted in different things, and uh, a lot of people have said, Pastor, why aren't you up there singing? Well, for a number of years, I used to play the keyboard and lead the praise and worship until some real singers came in and real musicians came in, and they told me, Pastor, you're not gifted at this. You need, you need to step aside. Now, you, need to, you need to function in your gifting. So I said, amen. Thank God I was praying for you. Why'd you wait so long? Why'd you take all those years to get here? <laughs> Praise God. So uh, bless those that were with me in the early days that hung with me. Oh, bless them, Lord. Bless them. Because I'm sure there was some fingernails on the chalkboard at times. But, but I, I tell you, I was, I was trying my best. I was trying my best, but I just wasn't gifted in that i got to operate in my gift. That's where the anointing comes and enhances the gifting. And uh, it's sad when people try to pursue something that's not something they were created by God to do. It's not their gifting. And, and, and then they want the anointing and they get frustrated with God because it's like the anointing never comes. And what really is they need to change gears and they need to spend some time with God and make sure they're in the right lane before God brings the jet fuel of anointing to accelerate your path there. Amen. So the anointing enhances the gifts that we have. See, David was already gifted to fight. God tells us that in his word, that he killed a lion and he killed a bear. And when the anointing came upon him, he then took down a covenant representative. He took down a giant. He took down Goliath. Hallelujah. And that impacted the whole nation. And even to this day, it's in the Word of God so that it can impact our lives as well. So that's what you want to do. Find your gifting, be faithful in your gifting, and then pray and get the anointing of God to come on the gifting so it can be enhanced supernaturally. There's nothing more powerful than the anointed uh, uh, professional on their job. There's nothing more. I mean, that's like heaven manifesting on earth. Whatever your profession is, God wants to anoint you to be successful. See, God, well, He created us to be successful. So we get in the right lane in our gifting, get His anointing on that gifting, you're going to succeed, I can tell you that. He wants you to be anointed to carry the work of the cross through the marketplace that you are in. I said it earlier and I'll say it again. The anointing is the anointing, whether on the priestly realm or on the kingly realm. It's the same anointing. In 1 Samuel 16, if you'll remember, Samuel, he goes and he calls for Jesse to gather all of his sons. He's there to what? Anoint a king. And there's Eliab, God says no. There's Abinadab, God says no. There's Shema, God says no. Seven sons pass before him, and God says no, no, no to each one. So now Samuel asks, is there another son? Because God told me to come and anoint a son of Jesse to be the king. And they said, yes, there's little old David, 
Well, where is he? He's out in the workplace. He's out in the workplace. Man, somebody needs to get that revelation right there. Samuel said something very, very interesting. He said, go fetch him from the workplace and we will not sit down until he comes. Did you pick that up in the Scriptures when you've read that story? He said, none of us, we're not going to sit down until he comes. I believe the world is standing at attention and waiting for the anointed marketplace minister to show up. And I pray after tonight that they're going to be able to sit down because you're going to go into the marketplace tomorrow. You're going to go out there with a kingly anointing. You're going to go out there tapped into the wisdom and the power and the favor of God like never before. And they're going to see that on you. And there's going to come a peace and a rest in the marketplace because the burden is going to be lifted and the yoke is going to be destroyed. Hallelujah. We've got the anointed priest. Yes, they help equip us and all that God has called us to do. But we are calling for anointed kings where we are to go out and conquer and expand and advance the kingdom of God. See, the world is going to change when people have power, when people have power and influence in the workplace. That's where you're going to see this revival. That's where you're going to see a mighty move of God where people begin to see Christ him crucified and resurrected in the marketplace. Not you going out there being preachy now, okay? You know, you're going out there and beating them over the head with the Bible. That, that's not what we're talking about. But by you honoring God in the way that you conduct yourself in business, that you work with excellence and you work hard and you show up early and you leave late and you get along with people. Don't you think Christians who have the anointing of God should be able to get along with people? Where you're practicing more than enough principle. Where God told, uh, you know, the, 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 they went, uh, the, the priest, not the priest, but the servant went out to find a wife for Jacob, if you remember. Or, uh, yeah, Jacob. Isaac. Isaac. And says, you know, Lord, you show me. When I ask for a drink of water, the one willing to water all the camels, that's willing to do more than enough, that's the one anointed for this position. That's the one anointed that's going to be part of the lineage of bringing the Messiah and His bloodline to this earth. He was praying for that. And that's one of the signs of the anointing. It's a more than enough principle because our God is El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough and whatever He's involved in, there's going to be more than enough. That's just who He is. It's His character. It's His nature. Hallelujah. Isn't that good to know? So we do that in the marketplace and as we do that, the anointing of God, it impacts people. It lifts their burden and destroys their yoke. So you and I, we need the anointing uh, as we go out of this place into the marketplace every day of our lives because the marketplace is where we're going to win the lost. If you're waiting for us to win the lost in this sanctuary, you're not going to find it. It's not going to happen. Ephesians 4 says the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher is what? For the equipping of the who? The saints for the what? Works of service until we all come into the unity of faith. Okay, so it sounds like we're equippers. We're doing some equipping, right? But every time you come in here, we're here to equip you. The Spirit of God anoints gifts to equip you. So where's the, where's the new births coming? Where's the souls that are lost? And the souls that aren't running into the doors here saying, oh, we're here, we want to get saved, we want to get saved. I'm, I pray, I love that. We welcome that. And they're going to come only through invitation when you win them to Christ or you share enough of Jesus as salt that you make them so thirsty that they said, I got to go and I got to drink from the fountain that you're drinking from. I got to come drink from the river that you're drinking from. And they follow you to the house of God. Oh, we'll lead them to the Lord. We'll pray for them. We'll get them our discipleship class. We'll get them discover embassy. We'll get them partnering. We'll get them baptized. I'm telling you, we'll pray with them. We'll get them trained through the healing school. And we'll get them ministering in the healing room. I'm telling you what, we, we, will, we will jump right in, but we'll never know who they are because they're in the marketplace. And that's what the anointing comes on your gifting to do. That you are a soul winner. That you are standing between the eternity of damnation and the eternity of uh, everlasting life in people's lives. So you need the anointing as much as I do. 
Because your marketplace anointing wins the lost, right? And the ministry anointing equips them for works of service. Billy Graham said, before he passed away, this was several years ago, he is quoted in saying, I believe that one of the next great moves of God is going to be through the believers in the workplace. Man, I, I, I said, when, when I read that the first time after he said it, I said, that my spirit bears witness with. That is from the Lord. That God is showing us prophetically where the next great move of God is coming from. Where that end time revival that the Bible talks about is going to take place is going to be by you and I taking that kingly anointing outside of the prophetic anointing where the folks are in the marketplace. Right down in Via Della Rosa. Samuel said, we will not sit down until one from the workplace comes to be anointed. I believe that word is there. The world right now is saying we can't sit down in peace. We can't sit down. We can't rest. We can't park it because we're out of order and we're waiting on someone to rise up in the workplace with the anointing. Hallelujah. Will you, will you receive the anointing of God to go and do your job well? Will you be willing to go forth and say, God, here am I, send me. I want to release every one of us of that old lie that says that you've got to live on the borderline of failure. If you're going to be a Christian in the marketplace, you've got to be humble. You've got to, you've got to be one step from failure. You've got to, you can't rise above the radar. You just can't draw any attention to yourself. That's a lie. God wants you to succeed in the, in the marketplace. He wants you to be like a city set upon a hill. He wants you to prosper His way, not the, the American greed way, but His way, so that you can be an example and a light and a beacon of hope to those who are around you. So I release you tonight from that old lie that you've got to live right on the border of poverty and going under. And I pray that you would receive an anointing today on your calling. The anointing will teach you all things, the Bible says. The anointing of God will teach you all. There's things in your craft. There's things in your business. There's things in what you're doing day to day to make a living that God wants to supernaturally reveal to you that has not been revealed to you by man so that you can succeed and be an influencer in your realm. Hallelujah. The anointing can teach you how to make good business decisions. Boy, there's sometimes we make big decisions that can affect a lot of people affect our employees, affect their families. It can affect the people that we're doing contracts with. It can affect, it can have a ripple effect. And we've got to understand that there are godly business decisions that we can make in such a way that it blesses everybody rather than backfires and hurts them. Did you know the anointing of God, if this is your gifting, can come on and anoint you and show you how to invest? in ways that maybe graphs and charts and, and all these uh, 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 documents that you read, uh, you, they don't see that, that God shows you something that the, the uh, analytical world cannot even see. So the anointing of God wants to cause you to increase because the anointing is the anointing. And the same anointing that is on the priest is the same anointing on you at work. So as you go to work tomorrow, I dare you, as you prepare to go into the marketplace tomorrow, I dare you to turn off your radio, okay? Turn off your radio and begin to cry out to God and say, Father, I acknowledge you today. You are my source. You are my strength. You are my high tower. You are my wisdom and you're my confidence and you are with me and, and I'm not split anymore, Father. I'm not in the church receiving an anointing and walking in an anointing and out here in the world I left it on the, 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 the bookshelf or on my desk. No, I want the same anointing out here in the marketplace. I welcome you on Sunday, but I welcome you on Monday as 
as well. And just say, God, I acknowledge you. Give me your grace. Give me your anointing. Give me your wisdom. Give me your power. Give me your favor. Give me divine insight. Bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory and cause me to uh, do good rather than harm to those that are around me. I dare you to pray a prayer like that. I dare you. It won't take you long, but if you're sincere and you mean it, I'm telling you, opening up your life for the anointing of God, that anointing that came on the kingly realm, same anointing that is on the priestly realm. See, David was anointed to be king, and 22 years later, he was appointed to be king. Now, this is to help somebody out, because sometimes your anointing and your appointing don't line up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And this is to encourage you not to get discouraged. This is to encourage you not to give up. This is to encourage you to be faithful to God in what He's called you to do. And if you're faithful in the small things, He will promote you. He said it. He will cause you to be lifted up to the next level. But you've got to be faithful. How many, how many of you in here tonight, I'm just going to kind of close this up. How many of you in here tonight are in full-time ministry? Anybody here in full-time ministry? Don't, don't be shy if you are. It's not something to be ashamed of. Anybody in full-time ministry? Okay. Uh, guys upstairs, you're going to have to take me back to uh, slide number one. We've got to start this sermon all over because everybody but a couple of uh, uh, unsure hands, you failed the test. You failed the test. Come on. <laughs> they did it. We're back to number one. <laughs> Okay, one more chance. Okay, I'm going to be a good teacher tonight. One more chance. How many of you are in full-time ministry? Amen. Raise your hand. Amen. We are all in full-time ministry. You may be anointed to be in the kingly realm. You may be anointed to be in the priestly realm, the prophetic realm, or both. But you are all, every one of us, in full-time ministry. You've been called. You've been anointed by God. And, uh, and it's time that we recognize that. In Acts chapter 6... Uh, said, now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, as the Christians grew, they were isolated. They, uh, uh, the marketplace basically booted them out and would not sell to them. So the Christian community had to come up with their own way of taking care of each other. And that's why they were selling property and they were uh, taking care. They were in a very unique situation. And this was to keep people from getting discouraged and, and, and turning their uh, backs on Christ and going back uh, into the world. So the Christians were coming together and, and there's one of the uh, jobs that they had is they're taking care of uh, all of the widows and those that were ne neglected daily. And then it says here, verse 2, then the twelve summoned the multitudes of the disciples and said, it's not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven good men of, reputation, of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, that we can appoint them over this business. So they were like, they're, they're recognizing we're anointed to, to be, we have this uh, prophetic anointing, but we've got this business need. And, and it's very important because that's where we eat and we, we live. That's how we live. So we, we're going to pray for, so that we don't leave our anointing to get over here and try to operate in this anointing. There are those gifted in business, and we need to let them, that's full of the Holy Spirit, and we need to release them and appoint them. So he says that we will give continual to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So verse 6 says, Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. It's like they were ordaining them. When I got ordained, wow, back in 1986, I was licensed. 87, I think it was, I was ordained. Man, I had to go through this, this procedure. It was, and it was 85, I was licensed, 87. Because even after I was licensed, I had to go two years of mentorship, two years of schooling, two years of someone shadowing me. And it was all this test and all these going before boards and answering questions and being challenged in my faith. And what would I believe here? And what would I believe there before I ever was able to go? And then the promise that I'm going to have my uh, a bachelor's degree uh, before they would even release me with the uh, ordination. I had to sign saying, I will graduate. And if I fail to graduate Bible college, then I will uh, render, I will turn in my credentials. And 
so being ordained. And I remember Bishop Leon Stewart came, and he was a blind bishop, and he, he's just an amazing man. He could see in realms that you couldn't normally see. He had a different eyesight, you might would say. And he began to speak over my life prophetically. And as he began to speak over my life, man, I, could, I, I just imagine what he was saying. How could that ever be? How could that ever be? But God, if it's you, I want it. And they got together and they laid hands on me. And, and I was in a congregation of several thousand and they all gathered together around me and, and released me into ministry with that ordination. And I think back on that day, even till now, how uh, meaningful that was. Nervous and challenging but yet meaningful but you know what i wonder if we failed because we have not ordained and released the anointing for business that we didn't do like we see right here in acts where they prayed for them and they laid hands on them and they released them to do the business because there's an anointing for the kingly as well as anointing for the prophetic and the anointing is the anointing it's the same anointing. And like Billy Graham said, this great next great move of God is going to take place when these anointed men and women in the workplace begin to function in their anointing. Hallelujah. Genesis 2 and 5 says, Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord had not caused it to rain on the earth and there was no man to till the ground. This is the first time working for another one is mentioned in the Bible. First time. And here God is holding off the rain and holding off all this stuff because there's not yet a man to till. And that word till is a Hebrew word that means to work for another. There was not someone there gifted that would operate in the anointing to work the land. And if you remember, this is before the fall. This is before the curse. Work is a part of our destiny. So never minimize your job. Never allow the devil to ever cause you to minimize your job. Because there God says, I can't go forward. i gotta, I got to create a man before we can have all of this produce coming, all of this increase coming, because man's part of his destiny is, from my creative order, is to function in his gifting and work this land. I remember here 25 years ago, and uh, this June actually is going on tw coming up on 26 years ago. Uh, there wasn't much by way of resources that I came into. There were no people. I was up kind of like in a foreign land, didn't know anyone. But let me tell you what, I came here, I had a calling from God. And you know what, even though I didn't have a crowd around me saying, yes, we can build this church, yes, we can start, we can plant this church, I had the Spirit of the Lord saying, my anointing is sufficient if you will follow through in the calling that I have on your life. And I remember falling on my knees as you walked in the front door of that parsonage and, and there the wall was blank there and I would just, just pray. That was one of the places I'd pray and I'd fall on my knees and I'd ask God to anoint me and to bless me indeed and enlarge my territory and to give me an anointing that would cause healing rather than hurt in people's lives. And I'm here going on 26 years later to tell you that everything that I've seen transpire and the thousands of li lives and maybe tens of thousands of lives that have been touched through this ministry in one way or another over these years is, is so encouraging. And I draw from that to encourage you that you may seem like you're in a place all by yourself, but when you have the anointing of God, God will cause you to rise up and to influence those around you. And before you know it, they're going to be serving the same God. They're going to be loving on the same Jesus. They're going to be pulling you aside in the break room saying, you know what, my marriage is falling apart. I know you're a praying man. I'm not much of a praying man, but, but could you pray for me? And the next thing you know, the marriage is going to get turned around and they're going to say, you know what? I, my wife said, you know, we need to start going to church. And I agree with her. Where do you go to church? And next thing you know, they're going to be showing up here with you in church and they're going to have their hands raised and they're going to be worshiping God and they're going to be on this altar. Their lives are going to be transformed and their, their name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life for eternity. Come on now. All because we don't get discouraged even though it's a small beginning. Amen. Amen. For the Lord God had caused it not to rain on the earth because there was no man to till the ground. God was holding back things 
until people get anointed to work. That's what I see there. He was holding back his creative order until he got a man ready with the anointing to function in the workplace. And I wonder if that revival has been held back. And Samuel and those said, we're not going to sit down because we've not brought the anointing into the workplace yet. We need someone from the workforce, someone in the marketplace who says, I'll carry the anointing, God. I'll carry your anointing out here where it's unpopular. I'll carry your anointing out here, God, where people are all into greed and, and, and there's office politics and there's backstabbing and there's cheating and lying and, 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 and breaking contract. And Lord, I'll bring light right in the midst of darkness. And when you do that, the Bible says the darkness has to flee. Consider this. If you were God, wouldn't you be, would you, wouldn't you be tempted to send your only begotten son if you were sending him to this earth, think if you were God, you're sending your only begotten son to this earth, wouldn't you be tempted to send him into maybe uh, the fourth or fifth generation of a spirit-filled, spirit-led Pentecostal preacher's home? If you're sending your son that far away, you would think you'd want him in, got a fourth, fifth generation Bible-believing, God-fearing family, right? But not God. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to a carpenter's home. Not the priest's home, but the carpenter's home. And there Jesus spent probably 20 plus years of his life in the workforce. 20, he could have retired with a 20 year end. He could have retired in the workforce. Then released in his three and a half years of ministry in the, the prophetic realm. Most of his life was business talk. I guarantee when they're around the table growing up, they're, you know, they're asking questions, how's the inventory? Townsend's like, oh, well, here we go. You know, how's the inventory? Uh, did you get the bids out? Um, did, have we collected on these, those outstanding invoices? You know, how are we doing this quarter? You know, that was a lot of business talk probably going on there. That's what Jesus grew up in because the prophetic and the kingly realms are both important to God. And Jesus came and bridged both of those. we got to break the lie that minimizes marketplace ministry. I'm going to try to land this plane here for you tonight as we got a few minutes left here. 1 John 2, 27 says, But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. There are things that only the anointing can teach you, is what he's saying here. You can't learn them from a book. If you're waiting on a professor to get them to you, you'll never get it. There are, only, there are some things you can only learn from the anointing. And the same anointing, teaches you concerning all things. So the, the, the anointing will teach you to do sheetrock. If that's what you do, the anointing will teach you how to do sheetrock. And the anointing will teach you roofing and will teach you sales and will teach you plumbing. There's, some, there's, there's the insight from God to help you in your trade, to help you in your profession that no textbook can teach you. So that you will rise up. The anointing causes you to rise up. Hallelujah. Blessed and favored of God. The anointing of God will teach you programming, customer service. It will teach you banking, investing. That, there's, there's so much untapped wisdom that God has for us because we've not opened up to the anointing for the marketplace. I'm here to encourage you. God wants to use you. He wants to use you. You have influence over people that I'll never have. You will talk to people week in and week out that I will never meet. And if you dare invite them to come to church, you know what? You would find many of them would say yes, and they would come with you. I do agree with Billy Graham, his declaration that this next great revival, this next great move of God is going to be God using people in the marketplace. He wants to use you in the marketplace but you just need to receive his, his anointing. His anointing to prosper 
in the marketplace. Let me tell you what, you can have a great influence in the marketplace as you're prospering God's way. Now, if you're defeated, you're depressed, you're failing, you're sad, you're sorrowful, no one's going to want to hear anything from you. But if you are blessed in such a way where your needs are met, you're taking care of your children and your children's children, and then there's some that you can help those less fortunate. There's, there's an ease that the anointing of God brings that folks will say, I don't know how you're doing this. You're making the same thing I'm making, but you have a smile on your face every day, and, and I'm almost getting a divorce because we're about to lose our house. You know, you, how is it that you come in here every day with encouraging words when I come in here with curse words under my breath or maybe even speaking them out? And then you can share that anointing. It just opens the door for you to help lift the burden and destroy the yoke on people's lives. And you start telling them about how God gifts us in business and that gift, if we will ask him, he will let his anointing come on it. And his anointing is like the oil. Something ever rusty and gears not working and you put some oil on it and then it just starts spinning freely. And you just use that analogy and they're like, wow, I want that. And you say, well, that comes from him. And they're like, who is him? Then you can tell them about Jesus. Amen. So we wrap it up with this last verse of scripture, 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. His anointing comes and anoints us in all things. Now he wants you to prosper in all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. You see those three things there. He wants you to prosper in all things. God wants you to prosper. His anointing is here to help you, to help you prosper. Oh, I pray that every one of you would receive the anointing of God on whatever he's called you to do in the workplace and let his anointing start flowing and prospering you there in the name of Jesus. But he not only wants you to prosper in all things, he wants you to be in health. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I'm going to change it a little and personalize it. You are healed. Yes, we are healed. We are healed because of the stripes of Jesus. I want you to receive health in your body. The enemy's been fighting you. He will fight you and try to destroy our health. He comes against me. He comes against you. We've got to come together and we've got to fight in the, with the blood of Jesus, with the word of the Lamb, the word of God, and with the sword of the Spirit. We've got to fight. We've got to fight in his name. We cannot let the enemy just take and do what he wants to do. That you would prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. He wants your soul to prosper as well. Like I said earlier, when I was ordained and prayed over and released to go out in the anointing, and do ministry. Let me tell you what, I want to close this service tonight and say if there's anybody here that wants to be ordained for the marketplace ministry that God's called you to do, we're going to take that scripture where God said to Elijah, he said, you go and you anoint Jehu the king, take care of the kingly realm, and then you anoint Elisha as a prophet, take care of the spiritual side. So here tonight, if you, in that kingly realm, in that workforce, God's gifted you, and you know that he's called you into the workforce. You want the anointing of God, and you want to be released, just released tonight with that anointing. I just want you to stand together. Got any ministry music? I, I know that upstairs can help me. I don't think I got anybody down here. So uh, if you want that, I just want you to come. Come up uh, here tonight, and I'm just going to do what they did. I'm just going to anoint you and lay hands on you, and I'm just going to release you tonight, release you with the anointing of God to ordain you to go forth into the marketplace. So the anointing of God will come on your gift and enhance it, and that it will just advance in a mighty way, that you will, you will see supernatural benefit and blessings of God, wisdom from God, Blessing like you've never thought could happen coming in your business, in your workplace, and what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you tonight. We thank you for these men and women, Lord God, that we can, we can anoint tonight in the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus that we can anoint tonight, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord God, with the anointing of your spirit, Lord God, and the precious, through the precious blood of the Lamb, we anoint in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord God, we anoint them right now. Getting ready to release them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Anoint your daughter in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Let that anointing, let that anointing. Yes, let that anointing, let that anointing in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we're doing it in your word. We're anointing with this oil, Lord God, representing the anointing of your spirit. Lord, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Lord God, let that oil represent your spirit right now, God. As we anoint in the name of Jesus, Lord, for you to prosper them in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord God, that you would anoint your son in the name of Jesus, glory to God. Lord, your daughter, anoint in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, your son in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, your son in the name of Jesus. Yes, God, your son in the name of Jesus. Anoint. Yes, Lord, bless your daughter right now. Your daughter right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Your daughter right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Anoint her right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, as we have laid hands on each and every one, and we've anointed with the oil representing your holy anointing, Lord God, we ask now, Lord God, for your anointing to come in, to come in on their gift right now, to come in on their gift as they say, God, I give this gift to you. Lord, I give this anointing to you. God, I give this talent to you. I give this calling to you, Lord God. I yield it to you right now, God. Just yield it to him right now. And Lord God, as you take it, anoint it now with your supernatural oil from heaven. Hallelujah. And now, Lord God, we want to send them forth. We want to send them out of here as anointed men and women of God. Anointed marketplace ministers to go into the marketplace and to bring forth an usherance in of your kingdom everywhere they go. Lord, I pray that the power of heaven would be upon the soles of their feet, that everywhere their feet shall trod, that there your dominion of your kingdom would be established. And Lord God, as they carry this anointing, Lord God, this anointing is going to break yokes and destroy, it's going to lift a burden and destroy these yokes off of life, off of, off of finances, off of strongholds and strangleholds that the enemy has, has just so welcomed uh, because we didn't know what we were doing. But now, God, we know. And it's the same anointing in the kingly realm as there is in the priestly realm. And we're going out tonight ordained, sent forth, commissioned to walk out your purpose and your calling in the power and in the name of Jesus. We release you now to go in Jesus' name. Amen.